Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're in a series called Heart Matters. The things that we care about most are in our hearts. So in this series, we'll talk about practical ways to guard what's in your heart so you can impact what's in your life. I want to welcome you back to week three of our series entitled Heart Matters. If you've had the opportunity to join us, then we're talking about these things down deep inside of us that get covered up by our busyness, by our pain, by our challenges, by our struggles. And the Bible says it's a big deal what's going on in here. I want to welcome those watching online as well as those joining us by video at 1230 or maybe someone who might watch this message later. Would you guys put your hands together and celebrate all those that are joining in with us? We're going to talk about heart matters. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 there, a story and a teaching from Jesus. But if you are new to this series, let me catch you up a little bit. And that is that we started with this verse in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, which gives us wisdom for life. It says, above all else. Yeah, that's everything. All else. Above everything you're pursuing today, above everything you're worried about today, which by the way, what you're worried about, this doesn't say the more you worry about it, it can get better. It says above all your worry, above all your stress, above all your activity, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. So this is an inside out thing, this, this God loves us so much that he sends Jesus and he does a work from the inside out. Guard your heart for everything. Everybody say everything. It's not like a few things. Everything in your life flows from it. I want to be basic for a minute because I know for some of you, you get it and you've heard messages and you've heard thoughts and you know this Jesus thing where he comes into our hearts, he wants to change our hearts. Our hearts can have wounds, our hearts can have different effects, but to be basic for a minute, we have this pumping organ on the inside of us that we don't pay attention a lot to unless we end up with some kind of heart or medical issue and we begin to see the effects of that. Well, there's this pumping machine inside of us that's pumping the life flow of the blood to our other organs and to our extremities. And so it's central, it's key physically but when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not just talking about this physical organ, it's talking about the deepest part of us. It's talking about this part of us that feels, it's talking about this part of us that believes, it's talking about this part of us that thinks. In fact, in this series, I'm trying to help us because so many of us live life with so many external inputs and so much external focus, and so much logical calculation, and so much reliance on ourselves. The Bible says, wait, 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 wait. Let me change your focus a little bit. There's this thinking side of you, this believing side of you, this doing side of you, that all of it's flowing from this central spiritual pump. It's the inside of you. I realize for a lot of us, again, it's not easy. You know, we just sort of stuff those wounds, those pains. You know, the thing about a pain or a wound, the fact is it doesn't have a shelf life. My wife is always throwing food away. 
because she looks at the dates. She's like, okay, that's out of date. We're throwing that away. I'm like, well, I was still eating on that. I mean, I feel like it's worth the risk. I mean, don't we have like a grace period, like two weeks, you know? Like we used to like smell the milk, you know, at my house before, you know? It's like, we'll take a risk. What's the shelf life? Let me encourage you with this. The wounds, the pains, the hurts, they don't have a shelf life. They stay, they fester, they grow, they continue on in our lives and that's why this heart side of us is so important. And by the way, we're not real great at it. Well, we're not real good with the, the emotion, if you will, side of God. We love more the rational side. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, I, I just kind of give me the information and I'll work it out. We're not, we're not in tune with what's happening in here a lot of times. We're not that good at it. I'll confess to you, I'm growing, I'm getting better. Eight or 10 years ago, I realized, you know what? I have good mentors, had a great dad. My dad watches online a lot. So if you're watching dad, happy birthday, I mean, happy Father's Day. Happy birthday too, because I forgot that. Uh, <laughs> But the fact is, I had great mentors and pastors, but the truth is, I'm not, I'm not real good with what I feel. I got a coach, a leadership coach, kind of counselor. And I'll never forget one of our first times together. He goes, Jeff, how do you feel about that? I said, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought about that. By the way, what has that got to do with anything? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know what I'm really feeling in here. I don't have time to think about that. I've got too many problems, too much to do to worry about what's going on in my heart. Isn't that where like, you know, codependent weird people, navel gazing folks, what's going on in my heart? <laughs> Not what they do. Truth is though, the Bible says we need to know. We need to be able to look in there. We need to be able to understand it. And so we've been working through some of these heart places. And this week, literally several months ago before the series, God put this issue and dropped it in my spirit because I believe it's so needed today and I believe it touches every single one of us and I wanna talk about offense. I, I wanna talk about an issue of the heart that's coming to a moment near you. It's coming around you, it's there, it's close, it's going to happen to us. We get offended, we get upset, we get mad, we get bothered. By the way, I don't wanna in any way minimize the fact that sometimes it's warranted in the sense that it's normal to feel offended because there has been an offensive thing done to you. And there's injustice in our world and there's problems and there's circumstances and we're walking with imperfect people and we have people where there's no shelf life on the wounds on the inside of us and even in families where we love each other, we wound each other sometimes. We hurt each other, we have circumstances. Some of you, Father's Day is not a great day because you think about the ways you and your father have distance and separation and hurt. I talked to a man this week who said, you know, Jeff, I, want, I just want you to pray for me. I want to talk about this. My father and I, we're at distant odds and we're not in a good place. And so the fact is we have offenses, some that are a, a very, it's very normal for us to have to work through that. But then we also just have a culture today where it's almost like a moral virtue to be offended. And, and so it's just like, you're not even like culturally connected or aware unless you're the source of making sure you're communicating to everyone else what they should be offended about. We have a world in outrage, in offense, 
in criticism, in negativity. And so we sometimes think that strife and sometimes using those tools, the Bible says in James, it does not work the righteousness of God. And so we have a world that it's like, and again, it's like, man, online, and, and, and it's like a moral virtue. Some of you that grew up in a different era. Now, a lot of times you didn't understand the heart thing and the feeling thing, but one thing you helped a lot with was, you know what, you can get glad in the same pants you got mad in. Thank you for that generation. You can get over it, get a ladder and get over it. And so we live in a world today where we are so entitled to our opinions, our ideas. It's our job to make sure everyone understands the injustice of our world. I learned a new word this week that on college campuses, there's a word called microaggression which means you're moderately upset about something and so there's an aggressive tendency in even a micro fashion to be able to express your offense and to make sure the whole world understands how wrong these things are. I wanna tell you, just on a basic level, we're gonna go to the word, on a basic level. I've never met, I've been doing this thing a long time with a lot of people. I've never met someone who's good at keeping score that has a lot of fruitful relationships and is actually enjoying their life. Jesus says, I'm gonna let Jesus preach because y'all are gonna get mad at me at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna let Jesus preach for me. Jesus had a lot of reasons to be offended. And I can't help but think, Luke, the doctor who was good at recording details, I can't help but think that in this moment as he's giving all these stories over here in Luke 17, by this point in Jesus' journey with his disciples, that they hadn't had this thought, maybe, the Bible doesn't totally record it all, but they hadn't had this thought, how's Jesus doing this? Because he's being you know, questioned and trying to be tricked and he hadn't even really endured the greatest offense against him in his innocence. But like Jesus has always got these religious leaders and he's got all these negative people and he's got all these cultural factors. And, and I, I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's not perfect, but you just kind of see, man, they kind of maintain a good spirit. You may have thought that. How do they do that? The disciples have been watching Jesus. And so Jesus turns to them and I always love these moments in the Bible like Luke 17. He said to the disciples, now this isn't the crowd, this isn't the religious people. This is like his disciples that he's gonna bank this whole thing on. So it's like, okay, guys, come here, huddle up, huddle up. This is a little coaching moment for you. He said to the disciples, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It is impossible that no offenses should come. It is impossible that you're not going to experience offense. If you're not harboring one right now that you spent last night meditating on, I try not to be too discouraging. Just wait the next few weeks, it's coming to you. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. By the way, let me speak to, there are people that are consistently offended, but there are also people who are consistently being offensive. That's not Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. So in our world today, you know, it's like, hate the haters. You know, and then we have people that are offensive. Jesus says, look, don't be either. 
Don't be an offensive person. Think about how you phrase things to people. Think about how you relate to people, especially if you're real truth bent. I hear people say, well, I just tell it like it is. That's working real good for you. Why don't you work a little harder on building some relationships so the people around you want to hear it like it is? It would be better for him if a millstone, you go, what's a millstone, big rock, big mule, kind of take this thing around and around to grind up some grain back in that day? It doesn't say milestone. This is not the name of our church. Millstone. I, we were playing basketball at Keller Point years ago. Had a ba- you know Keller basketball, a milestone basketball team. Had some milestone shirts, and, and we were dominating, but trying not to be offensive. And you know we whooped these other church people, and they're like, "Man, hey, pastor, that's cool. What's that church? You know, it says millstonechurch.com." I said, "Hold on, just a minute, brother. It's not millstone. It's milestone. Okay, get it right. Okay." A millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea then it, that, that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, a lot of us think that's these little kids up here, but really it's like people immature in their faith that are still growing. We've got to think about in our world today that's caustic and verbally insensitive about how the little ones receive it. Think about those that are a little bit immature, how it could hurt them. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and Jesus is using here hyperbole, seven times in a day he returns to you, so it's happening over and over and over. He's coming to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And then in your Bible, see, we have study Bibles today that try to break and give themes. And in my Bible, it gives a break and says, okay, we're finished with that offense thing. Now we're going to talk about faith and duty. But I have a problem with that because really there's not a break here because the next phrase in verse 5 says, and the apostle said to the Lord. So they're giving the teacher feedback in the coaching moment. They're like, wow, that's great. Don't be offensive. Don't be offended. Offenses are come. It's impossible. Forgive. Seven times. Really, Jesus? Okay. And so they respond back and they say... Increase our faith. Increase our faith. I've said it for years. Faith for your next promotion. Faith for your next step in your journey with God. Faith to believe certain things that seem impossible, the conviction and the evidence of things not seen, the substance, and so all of that, and you're like, okay, I'm great at that. Let me tell you the great level of faith. To live an unoffended life and in unity with the people you love. Boy, I tell you, I don't think, increase my faith. You're like, Pastor, you never dealt with that. Oh, 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 all I've done my entire life is minister to people. I hear pastors behind the scenes. This would be a great job if it wasn't for the people. Come on now. They didn't teach me to love people in seminary. They told me to stay away from you people. The sheep bite. <laughs> now I've had some people say, out of their own pain, Hurtful things to me. Hurtful. You're like, do you get over it automatically? I wish. I've had to grow in it. Sometimes I have to work on it. I have to kind of work through with God. I mean, I've, I've grown, but you know what? This is not easy. And then the people you love, the only, the only way to never be offended is to never love. If you love people, you're going to work through that. But here's the thing that we need to see. I want to give you a visual image. When Jesus talks about an offense... It's really a big term, and so I don't want to minimize it just to our relationships. It's, it's really anything that could cause you to stumble, but it definitely includes the category of offenses and unforgiveness because Jesus ties it to that. 
And he uses the Greek word scandalon, which is a trap. You may have heard that before, but did you know it's not just specifically the trap, it actually is drawing attention to the place on the trap where the bait is. In our culture today, the devil's getting better bait. Social media has provided a platform of better bait. We got an outraged culture who's offended. Better bait. We've lost sensitivity and cultural norms to be respectful of other people and to honor other people. Better bait. We had a mouse rat thing in our house here a few years ago. We thought it was a mouse. My wife said, there's some droppings. There's some stuff chewed up. Jeff, you need to go out there in the garage and find out about this mouse. And so I went out there. I was like, I can handle a mouse. Put me a little mouse trap out, put some cheese on it. I realized it wasn't a mouse because when I went back, man, he took that mouse trap, broke it, chewed on it, threw it across the room. <laughs> I realized, man, we're dealing with something bigger than a mouse. She said, what are we going to do? I said, call your dad. Because I'm it's like past my level of qualification. Your dad knows how to catch these things. He kills these things. He may eat these things. I don't know what he does. He's good with this stuff. She said, okay. And her dad came over there, brought a big old rat trap, big old, like a bear trap. Put it out there, put it up. Said, you can't use cheese because rats will get up in there with a little rat paw. They'll pull that cheese off and they'll eat it. You got to use peanut butter. Powerful. Put some peanut butter up on that trap. Rat, get his old rat hand in there, be licking up on that peanut butter. Pop, get that rat. He said it, put on the peanut butter. I said, well, I got to go on a trip. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I was out of town. My wife called me. She said, I went out in the garage, Jim. We caught a rat. Thing's huge. She said, what do I do? I said, call your dad. <laughs> he knows what to do with those things. I don't know what to do with a dead rat, man. What do you do, take it to the recycle bin down there, the Goodwill drop off? I don't know, throw it in there. Where do you put these things? Rat cemetery? Dad took care of it. <laughs> I wanna tell you, there's a big old rat trap with some peanut butter that's right there luring you. And some of you are in the trap. You're in the trap. And it's consuming you. And you say, okay, what do I do about it? How does offense trap us? Number one, it hinders our relationship with God. That ultimately, you say, Pastor Jeff, how do you kind of as a pastor, you know, keep loving people and overcome things and you've been through things, surely, and like, how do you do it? Can I just say it simply? I care more about my relationship with Jesus. I care more about being close to him. I care more about my heart being right with him because out of that flow the issues of my life. And so even like you, I've had to work through things. I've had to let God deal with things. I've had to get help with things. I've had to have prayer for things. I've had to have hard conversations about things because I want to stay in connection with Jesus. Oh, I want you to understand something. The basic message of Jesus and the basic message of the gospel is that while we were offensive to him, not marginally offensive, the Bible actually says we were enemies of God. So when you were praying to God to help you with your business or to help you with your children, but you were also denying him in multiple arenas with people around you, 
when you or I were hypocritical toward God, when we were offensive to God, when we were far from God, he worked through the offensive nature to come to us in an offensive condition. And, he, and you're like, people need to get what they deserve. I am so glad we don't get what we deserve. I'm so glad we worship a Jesus who doesn't give us what we deserve, but loves us in our offensive condition to come to us and to change our hearts from the inside out. I want you to know, you say, well, I, I just made this way and I just gotta say something. You can be offended and live offended, but you can't live offended close to Jesus. It doesn't mesh with the message. It doesn't mesh with the very heart of the story. The very heart of the story is that Jesus was severely treated offensively and he endured the cross. He despised the shame. He came to us in our offensive condition and loved us unconditionally to meet us at that point, to change us from the inside out. That's the message. And when you get close to him, you find that kind of relationship. You know, life just isn't fair. I was talking to one of my older kids. I was like, you know, it's like, this is just, oh man, this situation. And then I was like, this is life. Life isn't fair. You're going to have bosses who treat you bad. You're going to have friends say things. You're going to have people respond wrong. You're going to. But if your relationship with Jesus is your central focus of where you receive your affirmation, where you receive your love, where you let him process your heart. Sometimes that's not easy. When you let him process your heart, you have the ability to live in a different way. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, yet not I live, but Christ lives within me. I've never been to a cemetery and seen a bunch of people in outrage on Facebook. They ain't rising up, I gotta say something just laying there peaceful. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Hinders our relationship with God. Makes it difficult though, number two. Makes it difficult to recognize or admit we're offended because we've learned a little bit, like I'm not supposed to be offended because like we're not supposed to live offended but then it's like, man, that makes it hard and difficult to really recognize in us because that trap gets us and we got in that peanut butter and bam and, and admit when we're offended but then people say, well, I'm not offended, I'm not offended, I promise I'm not offended but I've told 15 people how offended I am. Proverbs 19, 11, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is a glory to overlook an offense, it's not a question of if you'll be offended, it's a matter of when, but how do you avoid being trapped? Well, I wanna give you a couple of just categories here because I find there are people that are consistently offended. Like they just kinda live offended. And you're like, well, I don't know if I'm that. Well, ask some of the people around you. Because you can't really survey that about yourself because you feel you are the one that's actually put on the planet to give everyone all the right answers, but the people around you are saying you're always offended. So do a little survey maybe, but here's a survey that we can use to really measure ourselves. How do we live consistently offended? And that is number one, people are touchy. Touchy, right? Touchy. I got an ulcer this week. Inside, those are from the devil. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right in there, you can't tell. So I took, a, I took an Advil before I preached because like, you know, I, I eat something. <laughs> if you have pain in your mouth, it's like, please don't touch it. 
And some of us have wounds in our hearts that we haven't let God heal. So when someone rubs a phone, that touchy, touchy. Self-centered. If you make it about you, Bible says self-centeredness, really that's pride and pride is what goes before the fall. Pride is what causes us to have difficulty. We assign motives to actions. That's when when someone does something, you're like, now I know where they're going with this. I know where they're headed with this. I know their intentions regarding this. Consistently offended people, you're rehearsing your response. I know I've done this. Man, you know, if I'd have said this, well, when they said that, if I'd have said this, then they might not have said that, then that would have happened. Come on now, y'all are looking so religious at me. But see, they don't see this, and if they would have seen this, and if they wouldn't have said that, then I would have said this. But the truth is, they're a mess. Talk to everyone but the person. Bible says, go to the person. Talk to everyone but the person. They feel misunderstood. Most people that live consistently offended feel misunderstood. If you understood my side of the story, if you understood my situation. And self-appointed people to execute justice. You know, the problem is we live in a fallen world and it's difficult, you know? It's like, man, things need to be just and right. This side of heaven, if you live consistently with, I cannot live a peaceful life unless everyone on the planet would do what's right. I wanna tell you, you're gonna live mildly depressed or completely depressed and frustrated the rest of your life. Because life is just full of injustices. That's why Jesus has to help us in our hearts. How do you live hard to offend? Again, I'm not saying perfect, I'm just shared with you, I've had offenses. But how do you live healthy, not perfect? Number one, be secure. Because you're not looking to others for your affirmation, you're looking to Jesus, so you have a security that comes from being anchored to him. Live others focused. You know, the more you think about others, the more you relate and serve others, the more that it helps you in your own heart. Trust over suspicion. I can honestly tell you guys I've spent emotional energy over things sometimes where I didn't even have all the facts. You know, get all stirred up about something, and then you find out that's not even true. It didn't even, that's not even what happened. The Bible says, by the way, be careful about picking up someone else's offense. Sometimes you're bebopping through logs and somebody comes and let's get them. Proverbs says, be careful listening to someone else before you hear the rest. I'm giving you Jeff paraphrase. Before you hear the rest of the story. Because everybody seems right until someone else presents their case. Be careful. Believe the best. Quick to forgive. Jesus said seven times a day, all day, quick to forgive. Go to the person, Matthew 18. Go to the person. A lot of times these things can be solved. Extend grace. Just, just, just ask God one simple prayer. Lord, give me more grace. Give me more grace for people. I try to think, you know what? They're not always personally trying to do this to me sometimes. And a lot of times when you start seeing where they came from, when you start thinking about their hurts and how they're processing life, it gives you more grace for people. The other thing is you don't know what they're going through in their life. You don't know what they're carrying once you get involved with people, sometimes you realize, and you know, a lot of times you think, man, well, why would they do that? And you think they're thinking about you. Let me give you a newsflash. They're not thinking about you. I used to think, man, wow, they did that to me personally. They're not even thinking about you. 
They're thinking about themselves. They're processing their own pain. So ask God to say, give me more grace the same way you've had grace for me. And then just trust God. You just have to learn to trust God. My son and I went through the missionary journeys of Paul over his senior year. And I studied these in seminary. I studied them in my religion classes at Baylor. I mean, I went through this. How many of you know the Bible's living and active? Is living and active, and we studied these. I just kept coming back to, man, Paul was so mistreated. Man, he went to the synagogue. They beat him. They stoned him. They threw him out. I mean, it was like everywhere you turn, this guy's just getting treated terrible. And I was just overwhelmed and amazed at how he just kept on and kept loving and serving. And even though the Bible is also transparent with us, it says later over in the New Testament where there was this silversmith who treated Paul bad, and Paul says, you know, God will deal with him. I don't know if he was saying it like we would say it. Maybe he was. You know how you do sometimes? I gave it to God, and God will deal with them. And I hope he fries them to their toenails. I hope they meet the God of the Old Testament. Forget Jesus and the cross, you know what I'm saying? But Paul just said, you know what? God will deal with that. God will deal with that. Sometimes we have to be the kind of people who go, hey, I'm just going to trust God in this situation. Here's the final one that's most important. It keeps us from being fruitful. Ultimately, offense, living offended all the time, being the world's police, right? We all have different members of the body, you know? Don't be the bunion. <laughs> go get a pedicure, man. You're like rubbing up on us with your scratchy feet. I'm just a bunion. <laughs> Dude, your feet are like sandpaper. Go get that grater, that cheese grater thing up on those deals. Here's the worst part about it. It keeps us from being fruitful. It will stop you from what God's called you to. There's a passage of scripture in Mark 4 that talks about the seed of the word of God. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, it's talking about how seed goes in the ground. They hear the word, at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, no root in them, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution, including offense, one version calls it offense, it comes from this rooted word scandalon, this trap, Persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So, so let me talk to you about this. As a pastor, my heart breaks every time I see a person. It says the potential is the word can go into the soil and if the soil stays in the right place and doesn't get offended, it can bear 30, 60, and 100 fold fruit. As a pastor, my desire is that, that, that everyone would build 30 and they would grow 30, 60, 100 fold fruit out of the soil of their heart. But I always know this, I, and I'm always praying this. You're like, Pastor, what do you pray when someone gets saved and gets on fire? I'm praying this passage. Don't let offense cause them to get pulled away so they don't have the ability to bear fruit. And in our culture, we're not getting any help. You get extra credit for being offended today. You get extra credit for being disrespectful today. You get extra credit for not playing well with others today. That's not the gospel. That's not the Bible. People come in, they're like, you, you come in, you get saved. It's like you come to a worship service, you're like, God is here. Oh my gosh, you spoke to me every single time, every church service, oh my gosh. You go to the grow track, you get in there, you're like, man, this is powerful, and then they forget your name tag. Don't they know who I am? They didn't give me my name tag. 
And then you get seated with some people and then there's somebody there and they say something to you and you get offended and then you come to church and what used to be like, man, the word of God's dripping. That series was awesome. That series was right where I'm at. And then next thing you know, this Bible gets opened up because it's an equal opportunity offender. And God says, now let me talk to you about your attitude. Let's talk about your money. Let's talk about something in here in the book like ragu. Hey, it's in there. And you're like, man, I don't like that. My blog doesn't agree with that. I'm offended. What is the devil doing? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Peanut butter to pull you out of the plan of God. And it's, his, it's one of his main tools. If you're young in this thing, refuse to be offended. Refuse to be offended. Grow. I'm not talking about get a lobotomy and not search things out in scripture or not recognize things that are false, but refuse to let offense rob you of the peace in the pursuit of Jesus. If you've been mature, you've been walking with God for a little while, let me just say something to you in a loving way. Sometimes we can be the biggest offenders because we're insensitive to the little ones. Sometimes we can be more easily offended and forget what's in the word. But I'll tell you this. As a church, you guys do pretty good at this. As your pastor, I want you to know I'm proud of you, right? We're not perfect, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm thankful that you, 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 you've, you've grown in this and you're growing in it. We accept people where they are and we try to give people grace and try to overlook some offenses and things and try, try to have trust over suspicion and walk it out. You guys do, you do good at this. By the way, you can't have a healthy family if you're not good at this. Can't have a healthy church if you're not good at this. You can't. So I wanna encourage you with this as I pray. I wanna pray for God for all of us. And I know some of you, you're in work environments that are toxic. You're toxic, they're, they're just toxic. Be the light. Be the one everybody looks at and goes, what's different about them? What's different about them? By the way, if you manage people, can I encourage you with one little tidbit? Try to grow in a little bit of self-awareness. Don't be so offensive just because you're in charge. We need more leaders in the marketplace who are more self-aware and humble. Not that you're ever gonna be perfect because speed and inputs create breeding grounds for offense, but just being a little more sensitive to it to where they know, okay, all right, it can help a lot. Let me ask you to bow your heads. Some of you here, Say, I'm in that place where I need Jesus, who you talked about, who while I've been offensive to him, I wanna make it real, I wanna make it right. You can just simply say, Jesus, here I am. I receive you today, come into my heart, come into my life, become my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Come forward at the end of the service, fill out a card, come to Discovery 101. If you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we wanna help you take your steps in your journey, help you grow. But I pray for all of us. Lord, help us with these offenses, with the people very close to us, the people that we love in our homes and our families. Lord, we pray it over churches, not just Milestone Church. Lord, we pray it over your church, that there would be healthy environments where people are good at this, not by our own power, but by your goodness, Jesus, and your working in our own hearts. Lord, we ask you to, keep us from the trap. And there's somebody listening to me that this message was for 
and they've been pinched by the trap, I pray through forgiveness, I pray through the truth of your word, you would unlock the trap. Give them the ability to let that toxicity out of their soul. Lord, I pray today we'd walk away free and alive in you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.